0: Welcome to the inaugural episode of the 1796 podcast, a monthly podcast that features exclusive interviews and in-depth news about the Tennessee National Guard and the Tennessee Military Department. The 1796 podcast is produced every month by the Airmen and the Soldiers of the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. As we launch this podcast, we hope it will serve as a source of news, information, and compelling stories for Tennesseans from all walks of life. In particular, past, present, and future members of the Tennessee National Guard. On today's podcast, we will be hearing from the State Command Chief of the Tennessee Air National Guard, Ben Williams, on lessons he has learned throughout his distinguished career of service, both in law enforcement and the military. We'll also hear from Lieutenant Colonel Dallas Clements, the Deputy Director of the Domestic Operations Branch. Lieutenant Colonel Clements will share updates on how the Tennessee National Guard is continuing to serve here in the Volunteer State. And of course, we'll brief you on important news in our Tennessee Bluff news segment. For our non-military listeners, BLUFF stands for Bottom Line Up Front. Our news segment will always be just that, sharing information you need to know in a quick and concise format. Well we are thrilled to welcome, as our very first guest on the 1796 Podcast, Chief Ben Williams. Uh, Chief Williams serves as the State Command Chief of the Tennessee Air National Guard and has a distinguished career in both the military
1: and in law enforcement. Chief Williams, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Appreciate you inviting me to be the first uh, interviewee. Yeah. Good to have you. All right,
0: Chief, first off, tell us a little bit about yourself and and your journey. How did you come to be where you are now, the Chief, the Chief of the Tennessee Air National Guard?
1: Well, I started my military career um, uh, active duty Marine Corps. Uh, back in 1984. Um, I was in logistics and then I went into working at the battalion level as a rifle range instructor. Uh, 1988 I, I I got out and got into law enforcement. Um, I've been in law enforcement now uh, for about 30 years. Uh, currently, I work for the Tennessee Highway Patrol um, as a lieutenant. Um, got back in the military in 2001, joined the Air National Guard um, as a 2T2 aeroporter. Um did that for a few years and got the opportunity to uh, be a first sergeant, uh, was the first sergeant over AES, then uh, at the wing, um, then became the MSG Group Chief, then uh, was selected as the uh, wing command chief of the 118th uh, Air Wing, and um, I'm fortunate to be selected as the state command chief where I've been since uh, 2019. Awesome. Thanks chief. Appreciate that. So I know you have some
0: passions about some things. Number one is enlisted leadership development. That is your passion. What, what challenges do you see that the Tennessee Air National Guard has in developing its enlisted leaders and, oh. and every member's leadership?
1: Okay, well, generally, I, I look at um, leadership uh, development in two parts. First, you have the ap- academic part where you you know you go to school and you get the books you know the book smarts and you know all academic stuff done. Um, but the second piece, which I think is the most important piece, is the practical application once they get back to the units. And that practical application is guided by the by the uh, frontline supervisor because you have some challenges with within that with uh, DSGs, um, tech schools that are long, so you may have individuals that will pick up rank and while they're in tech school. Um, So that supervisor has to tailor that development, that practical application development, once they get back uh, to the unit. Um, The issue, the challenge comes um, when we don't empower, as leadership, when we don't empower airmen um, to make decisions that they can legally make at their level of development or their their level that they actually work at. And so um, that's the challenge, um, is to start empowering our airmen Uh, to make those decisions so that they can develop so by the time they move up the ranks they have a base to to draw from and not automatically film in. okay all of a sudden you're a leader you have where there was no development along the way
0: okay so you've got this airman back from tech school or from from airman leadership school or whatever it is Mm -hmm. Uh, how do we fix it how do we make sure they get those practical applications those opportunities to lead
1: well, like I said, it, first, it starts with the frontline supervisor. And, and it starts actually with the ACA, which is, which is a feedback, uh, a conversation between the airman and the supervisor on uh, goals and expectations. And then along the way, give that airman feedback. You know, let them, let, let them make mistakes, give them feedback. That's the only way that they're going to develop. So it starts with that frontline supervisor having that first conversation, setting, setting um, standards and expectations, goals and make sure that conversation is a two-way conversation so that airmen you know can see what their goals are because uh, they might not even know what they want to do, you know what I mean but if they get to talk that out with their supervisor, um, then they can that sets them on a path of success It starts them out and that that's where it starts. so um,
0: so you have that sit down conversation, you have that ACA that one- on one conversation this, that that may be hard for that first line leader too to maybe let some things go for that t- junior person?
1: Actually, the Brown, the Brown Book, um, uh, which is the, the listed force structure, kinda details out what's supposed so I'm just following what's in the reg. Um, having a supervisor let go, uh, that's, that's just something that they're gonna have to get comfortable with. Uh, because while the supervisor is still overall responsible, um, you have to give that airman task and give them something to be in charge of or someone to be in charge mm-hmm. of um, so that you can evaluate them. I mean, so then they're not doing their job as a supervisor if they can't evaluate what, what an airman does. How
0: do we keep all three tiers doing all the things they're supposed to be doing and keep it consistent, right? How do we keep it going?
1: They just have to do it. Yeah, you just have to, you, yeah. you just have to do it. But I think I left out an important piece where we have the NCOs and CNCOs and, and the frontline leader doing this, we need the support of the commanders. Um, so if we, if we don't have that support, then we can't execute because it has to be part of the commander's intent so that we can execute that and, 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 and turn that into doable tasks. Mm-hmm. And to task out, what needs to be tasked out. Um, there's no magic formula, it's just the blocking and tackling of, of leadership.
0: So, so you're cu- talking a little bit of a culture change. You've got to create a culture where this is every day, every drill, every active duty, every annual training.
1: Le- leadership as a whole, we have to get out of the mind. I'm talking about enlisted and, and, and officers. We have to get out of that mindset of being risk averse.
0: So what are some things that the Tennessee Air National Guard's doing to help create this culture and
1: to help keep this moving forward and to train these leaders? We've already got the, we've already got the support from the very top and as General Holmes. So now it's up to, it's up to the senior NCOs, the Chiefs, uh, Command Sergeant Majors to, to actually, uh, to execute, to execute. And we execute that on the air side, you know, we execute that through the Wing Chiefs, the Wing Command Chiefs, the Wing Command Chiefs have Group Chiefs, we have, we have uh, Chiefs Council And we have a first sergeant council, and that is really the voice of that wing command chief. That's how information is flowed down into your groups and your squadrons and your flights. So passing the word down, encouraging them to do it. And execute and doing it and being deliberate about it. It Mm -hmm. can't be be just talked about. It has to be the pinpoint, you know, this is the go-do, go-do it. And how do we check it? How do we evaluate it? That's the most important piece too. How do we evaluate it? Just putting the word out is not good enough. We right. have to, we have to see where, evaluate it to see. Okay, do we need to move left or right? How do we need to adjust? So do you dress?
0: Do you dress that evaluation piece with your command chiefs, your three wing chiefs? Yes,
1: your, your the, the three actually, the three uh, command chiefs, and we have two GSUs. issues, mm-hmm. um, so that that those chiefs are also, or they're called uh, those chiefs SELs are bored into the born into that process also.
0: Awesome. Good deal. Chief, thank you so much. I got, got one last for you. Yeah. What's your one great piece of leadership advice that you would give to everybody out there?
1: Um, stay engaged and be responsive. But if that, if that can be my overall thing, um, we have to be engaged with our airmen, be engaged with the, with the mission, and be responsive. Because if stuff is, if things are coming up or, or, um, Issues are not being addressed, and then as, leader, as leaders, we fail. So we have to stay engaged and be responsive.
0: I love it, Chief. Stay engaged and be responsive. I got it. I'm so, on it. Chief, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for your time. Oh, I really you. appreciate it. Thank you it. for
1: this opportunity. I really, I greatly appreciate it.
0: Now, for all the news you need to know in the Tennessee Bluff, Captain Taylor Hall.
2: Thank you, Colonel Malone. Up first this month, the crucial role the Tennessee National Guard has played in battling wildfires in East Tennessee. At the request of the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency, the Tennessee National Guard provided six UH-60 Black Hawk helicopters to support the wildfire response near Pigeon Forge. These helicopters provided critical assistance to civilian authorities by delivering hundreds of gallons of water to fight the wildfires. Crews use what are called Bambi buckets a specialized bucket system suspended from a helicopter to deliver water for aerial firefighting. One of the Blackhawks did have to make an emergency landing while responding to the Wears Valley wildfire due to engine failure. Thankfully, the pilots expertly landed the aircraft and no injuries were reported. Next up, how the Russian military attempted to use the Tennessee National Guard in a disinformation campaign in the ongoing war in Ukraine. As the war in Ukraine continues, Russia is utilizing hybrid warfare to impact the information battle space. In mid-March, Russian state media reported that three soldiers from the Tennessee Army National Guard were killed in Ukraine. The Russian media report was false. It was part of an ongoing effort by the Russian government to sow disinformation and cloud the information battle space. The three soldiers, who are all safe and accounted for in the United States, had previously conducted training in Ukraine in 2018 as part of the multinational training group Ukraine. The Tennessee National Guard responded to the reports immediately, countering the Russian disinformation. Our final story from the Volunteer State, the Chief of the National Guard Bureau, General Daniel Hokinson, paid a visit to two Tennessee National Guard facilities recently, visiting both the 118th Wing and Joint Force Headquarters. General Hokinson was in Nashville to attend the 2022 Army Aviation Mission Solutions Summit. And in national news impacting the National Guard, the United States Senate has passed legislation that would enable guardsmen and veterans to increase their life insurance coverage by $100,000. The legislation, entitled The Supporting Families of the Fallen Act, would increase maximum coverage from $400,000 to $500,000. For both the Service Members Group Life Insurance Plan, also known as SGLI, and the Veterans Group Life Insurance Plan. An increase has not taken place since 2005. The bill is sponsored in the Senate by Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, and the companion legislation in the House of Representatives is sponsored by Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. That's our Tennessee Bluff for this month. Up next, The 1796 podcast sits down with Lieutenant Colonel Dallas Clements, Deputy Director of Domestic Operations for the Tennessee National Guard.
0: All right, we are thrilled to be joined today by Lieutenant Colonel Dallas Clements, who is from our Domestic Operations office. First off, Colonel Clements, tell us a a little bit about your background and um, who you are and, and what you do for the Tennessee National Guard.
3: All right, well, I've been bouncing back and forth in my career between communications and military police. Spent the most of my time in military police. Found my way to domestic operations quite by happenstance. My second drill with the Tennessee National Guard was Hurricane Katrina. My seventh drill with the Tennessee National Guard was the Gallatin tornadoes um, later that year, or the following calendar year. Got the DISCA bug, I'm sorry, the domestic, uh, defense support of civil authorities. So domestic operations bug, starting back then, went and got a master's degree in emergency and disaster management, decided that's what I wanted to do. It took me a while to find my way to this particular position. But now I get to, during non-emergency days, which there seems to be fewer and fewer of these last few years, I plan, I help plan for our next response, help train units, build exercises. And then when disaster does come, help coordinate that response and help support civil authorities however they need.
2: And so we understand that you just got back from Bulgaria as well, which is really cool that we have a state partnership program with Bulgaria. Tell us what you were doing there.
3: So that was interesting. The Bulgarians were participating in a NATO United Nations exercise. And the thrust of it was there was a civil war in one country United Nations peacekeepers were deployed to that country. The separatists in that country moved across the border into a NATO country to try and continue to foment their insurgency. That NATO country invoked its rights under the the NATO uh, program to get support from other countries. So in this particular exercise scenario, you had the Brazilians and uh, the military from Qatar that were part of the peacekeeping force for the United Nations. And then on our side of the border, you had mostly military from Sweden, um, some representatives from Finland, and Bulgaria. And because Bulgaria was involved, and because it had such a humanitarian assistance assistance angle to it, they asked the Tennessee National Guard if they could send folks who were used to doing domestic operations. Bulgarian military, as I understand it, does not do a lot of um, disaster response type events. So we were coming essentially as advisors and then we got plugged in. We brought a uh, a nurse to be part of the medical cell. We brought a a human relations uh, specialist to work with their one shop and then we brought uh, three people, myself included, to work in operations. My angle was supposed to be the military police part of it because of the large number of internally displaced persons and refugees and, and all of that and of course the enemy prisoners of war from the insurgency. Fascinating. That's a
0: a, with a big scale exercise like this. um, What was the main purpose of it? What why why this exercise?
3: So this was really interesting because they really honed in on that. How do we work with non-governmental organizations? And also, and this was a learning experience for me, the United Nations High Committee on Relief takes the lead on all of that uh, all the internally displaced persons, the refugees And so they brought in representatives from the Bulgarian Red Cross, from obviously the United Nations, several other NGOs that you you would be familiar with came together as part of this exercise to figure out how would they work uh, alongside the military. Obviously, they got to keep some separation there because they don't want to seem like they're biased in any way uh, because they're there to assist anyone who has need. So that was the first time I've really gotten a chance to work with those folks on an international level.
2: And so for soldiers and airmen that maybe want to get involved with the DISCA work that Tennessee National Guard does or they're not familiar with the scale with which we conduct domestic operations, what would you want them to know? How would you recommend that they get involved? What should they talk to their commander about?
3: So one thing we're always looking for is units that want to participate in a domestic operation. There is so much on the training calendar in terms of we have to meet these objectives in order to be prepared to deploy overseas. I mean, that's primarily why we exist as part of the U.S. Army. However, we need units to be able to give up part of their training schedule time to participate in these exercises. We don't want to twist any arms. Uh, but we get better participation when people come to us voluntarily. So if a soldier is like I was 15, 20 years ago, and they talk to their command, or they are in the command and just say, we know we can meet these training objectives in a domestic operations environment, Come to us and let us know this is what you want to do. We will build the scenario however you see fit. We can do it on a drill weekend, whenever it's convenient for the unit. We try to drive everyone to the big annual or biannual events, our Tennessee Maneuvers exercise, which TEMA calls their Tennessee Catastrophic Exercise. But then sometimes we'll do some off-cycle events. Like for example, this time next year, we'll have a search and rescue exercise. There's no other tasks that are being trained, just search and rescue. In partnership with state parks and some other agencies colonel clements
0: that is great information thank you so much for your time today thank you so much for going to Bulgaria and thank you for helping with domestic operations in Tennessee thank you thank you
2: thanks for listening to the 1796 podcast if you like what you heard please consider subscribing sharing this episode with friends and giving us a five-star review the 1796 podcast is produced by the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. For more information, please visit www.tn.gov backslash military.